me, young America, we need to talk. You may think this is uncool. You may even think it is bogus. But I want to tell you about something that has everyone buzzing. Something that concerns mature boys and girls just like you. Something called grassroots. everyone grassroots podcast thank you guys for joining us again um as always be sure to subscribe hit the noti notification button be notified for our latest to the greatest episode as well as make sure to sign up for our newsletter where you can get updated on our latest events as well as any other content that we're going to be releasing and lastly please make sure to sign up for our new discord our gaming discord that had a whole bunch of other boards broken out into it from gaming music culture everything across the board so be sure to subscribe to that um, that said, I'm one of the hosts, Brandon Killer I'm Aaron Ashley Simon. I'm regular Nas. And our special yeah. guest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My bad, C-Bus. Come on, so, man. Every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah every week. <laughs> this, this is on me. I should have prepped you. So normally on our show, what we do is we like to make our guests feel extremely comfortable and just introduce themselves, and then we, we kind of get into it. I should have prepped you better. <laughs> oh, no. Nah, it's all good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so this is the part where I say I'm C plus. Yeah, this is the, this is the part where you say you're C plus. <laughs> okay, I'm C plus. Hi, hi, grassroots. <laughs> so, um, last week, sometime uh, I brought you up a, a while ago, where a few people um, had mentioned you, and particularly my nephew kept saying, you know, talking about C plus. And I'd heard about you for quite some time, but you dropped a project last week, and um, like I was telling saying on my live stream, it was like one of the best projects I've heard in, in, in its entirety. Like, from start to finish, I didn't skip um, on it. So I kind of wanted to bring you here to my friends and, and, and talk about it. And then we could also just talk about culture and any, anything else we want to talk about. But um, first, congrats on the project. Thank you for listening. First off, like, just giving me a ear. I appreciate that. I'm a, I'm a fan of the podcast. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to care. I'm, I'm behind a couple of episodes. I think the last episode I watched was... One of the earlier ones when you guys did the Royce interview, but okay. uh, but I know you guys have you you got a good ear, you know what I'm saying. So for when you was telling me you was fucking with the project like that, I was like, all right, cool, because it's like you know motherfuckers be listening, but then it's like you see some of the other shit that they might be listening to. It's like ah, like, yeah. How, how, yeah. How well can I grade your ear? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I know my shit though, but you was listening to this, so it's like ah. But I know you guys got good taste, so I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, just from the creative process, because like I'm saying, I, I hear a lot of like different cadences with it. Like I hear a lot of Lupe, I hear a lot of underground. Are you how do you how do you feel about that? Do you ever get those comparisons? And then also, like tell me a little bit about your creative process in even making this project, because I feel like it's vastly different from a lot of the stuff that you've done before. Okay. So uh yeah, comparisons like lyric, like I'm definitely first and foremost, I consider myself to be a lyric driven artist. You know what I'm saying? I put the bars up front. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard the Lupe comparison before. When I first, I, I've been rapping for a long time. So, like, when I first came out, like, I was heavy on the blogs and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And I was getting compared to Mac Miller a lot, like early Mac Miller before he kind of got a little bit more musical. Rest in peace, Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, they were calling me Black Miller for a minute. That shit was funny. <laughs> But yeah, like I just came up like like um 
what really got me into hip hop, besides like my older brother, like just being in into it heavy, was uh, skateboarding. And uh, okay. skate videos would have like a lot of like more underground or even like sometimes more East Coast type stuff in the videos. Mm-hmm. And that's like just got me heavy on that. Like early on, Wu Tang, yeah. Gangstar. Um, and then as I got older, I got into like Nas and like Jay Z and shit like that. And I think like the the main thing that kind of got me like, cause I was already rapping like when I got into hip hop, like you know what I'm saying, uh, maybe around 13, 14 and shit. But like Jay kind of made me look at it like different, like on some like he was rapping about the business and like the politics of like the rap industry and shit. And I mm-hmm. hadn't heard anybody talk about that before, so that kind of intrigued me. And I feel like now, especially as I'm like older and I'm like more in like the driver's seat of my career and like more business focused as far as like how I go about making music and shit like that, because I got to kind of play all positions being an independent artist. Mm-hmm. I think you hear a lot of that in my music, me talking about like uh, my transgressions throughout the industry and my career and shit mm-hmm. like that or whatever. And then just, uh, just mature maturity, like just trying to like rap about um, just coming to age. Cause I feel like I really came of age through the music. I kind of mm-hmm. like, I feel like I was part of a generation that kind of grew up with hip hop. You know what I mean, as you know, we went through the era of like, you know, first it was like, oh shit, record sales don't mean nothing because everyone downloading the music. All right, cool, we killed the, the downloading the music, but now they're streaming the music and, and CD sales and shit don't really matter. Now we mm-hmm. got to make all the money off the merchandise and the sponsorships and endorsements and the shows. Then it's like, oh shit, now that shit, now they're drying up, like. Niggas got to go viral and fucking make some inter- internet content and shit like that. So I don't watch all these little like phases of hip hop come and go or whatever. And it's just like now I feel like it's starting to get back around to where people just don't want the bullshit. Like people mm-hmm. like I feel like people got to buy into you as a person now to even really fuck with your music like that. Like you might have the one or two songs that they like. But if they really gonna listen to your whole project or really like tell their friends about you and vouch for you, it's like they gotta fuck with you all the way around. So yeah. I feel like with this last project with Bad Medicine, I feel like I like you could listen to that shit front to back and have like a good idea of who I am as a person. Gotcha. So now, have you been, with, oh, oh, sorry. How have you how have you been like during you know these transitional moments in hip hop where there's this uh, uh, people feeling they have to go viral or do all these things. How have you been able to, throughout that entire time, um, keep true to yourself, but then also with that presentation of, of who you are to your fans and your followers, uh, where do you show where it's like, you, you? I mean, clearly we can't expect you to show everything that you are. So where do you choose to pick what side you want to show or what side or aspect or story do you want to tell um, to your followers and fans? Man, that's a good ass question. That's that's I feel like you got in my head with that one because I literally think about that all the time because it's like I walk this fine line of like, all right, how much of what I'm displaying, whether it be my personality on social media or even in, in the music or whatever, how much of this is like who I actually am, or how much of this is my like trying to like exaggerate or posture it to like create this kind of ultra cool persona that I want people to see of me that would be easier to sell like you know what I'm saying but then at the same time I also fight with times where it's just like off you feeling like super vulnerable like just as a human like not even as an artist or whatever and it's like you know what these are the times I want to like bring the audience in or whatever even if it's something small just like a post on Instagram or whatever like it's like let me show this side of my personality 
And I had to like kind of scale back on that because I used to keep it like ultra real with people on Twitter. Like I used to like not tweet through my life, but like I wouldn't hold no punches about where I was at in my you life. Had, my you career. had some emotional moments. You had some emotional yeah, not moments. Definitely, definitely done had some emo moments <laughs> on Twitter. And, it, and it's fucked up because I feel like a lot of the moments were inspired by the frustrations of not wanting to, not being at where I wanted to be at with my career and trying to mm-hmm. figure out how to get there. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, now it's like I kind of I kind of deaded that going into this year. That was kind of like one of my uh, New Year's resolutions was just like you know kind of pick and choose what I want to share with the audience and shit. I'm just mm-hmm. sitting here trying to roll this fucked up ass backward for the last five minutes. I'm dead. Um, Word. But uh, yeah, just trying to like bring people into my world. But at the same time, it's like I gotta hold some of the shit in for myself for the music. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like the less I started sharing with my of myself with social media and shit like that, it made it easier to be more personable with the music. But at the same time, I'm still trying to find kind of like a balance between it. Um, and it sucks too that I live in kind of like a small town. So it's like, if you get to talking about like any type of personal shit, like then everybody know what you're talking everybody about. Everybody knows, yeah. So yeah, what, that shit ain't even really cool like that. So, but um, yeah, it's really just like, it just goes back to that kind of coming to age type shit or whatever, even though I'm like a grown ass man and shit, I'm still... Finding finding out new things about myself and my personality and, and and how my brain works and shit like that every day. You know what I'm saying? So uh one thing I do wanna like show audiences, especially to me being an independent artist, it's like I would like to do something that kind of shows the not the harsh reality, because I don't want to scare people off from like pursuing a career in music or whatever it is they're passionate about, but just the reality of shit. Like yeah. didn't nobody explain to me like it's not impossibly hard, but then nobody explained to me how hard it is to like start an LLC and run your own company and file your own taxes and shit like that for an independent business. Mm-hmm. Then nobody explained to me like how much, when I first started rapping, I didn't know how much it costs to really do music. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like to be, have been doing music for the last, professionally, I was like trying to do it as a professional hobby, should I say, for the last maybe like eight, nine years or whatever. And then just seeing like, you know, it's like, put it like this. If I didn't rap, I'd definitely be a homeowner by now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I didn't rap, I'd probably have like a way nicer car than I got. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like I invested so much into this with the almost on some play in the long run where it's like, all right, cool, I'm sacrificing these things now. But I believe so wholeheartedly in my talent and what I got going. It's like, ah, I don't got to buy this car now. I'm going to get a Benz later. I don't need to buy a house. I can live in the apartment now because I'm going to get the mansion later off the rack that, that I'm sacrificing for now. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. but that... Would you feel that that has been a staple of like the Northern California artist? And then well, the second part of that question is, do you find it difficult to make your own lane? Because you're kind of sandwiched in between L- LA has a distinctive sound in Oakland and, and the Bay Area has their own sound. But when I listen to your music, I don't hear either one of those. So do you, do you find it kind of like, listen, I got to put on for Sa- Sacramento? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes and no. Like I put in for Sacramento in that like I'll never I'll never be an artist that move like I lived in New York for a little bit. Um I've been back and forth to LA just, you know, networking and shit like that. But I would never be an artist that moves to LA and says I'm LA based. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like um even if I'm living in LA or even if I'm in New York or whatever, it's like I'm always gonna be Sacramento to the core and always represent that. And I feel like besides Mozzie, like I know a lot of I know a lot of niggas in the music industry that you would have no idea that are LA based producer, artist, actor, whoever, whatever, but you would have no idea they're from Sacramento, California, born and raised because it's not like a popular place to 
be from. You know what I mean? And then also, too, what you're saying about the independent game, it's like I grew up like seeing mob figures posters, broke brother Lynch posters, Sibo, uh, Hollow Tip, all these like local Bay Area and Sacramento rappers that were like pushing a hard line, like uh doing like street promotion for their music and shit like that, just selling independently out the trunk. And um I know I know cats that when what, what we refer to as ghetto gold, which is you know five hundred thousand copies sold, but it's not on billboard, it's out the trunk. But mm-hmm. you know, if you sold it out the trunk and you put up your own principal investment for your physical CDs and you sold five hundred thousand, you damn near made a million dollars. You feel me? <laughs> so it's like I grew up watching cats like like the mob figures and San Quins and uh uh messy Mards and Mac Dre's and shit like this, like go platinum and have the mini mansions and, and the foreigns off of rap, but you never heard of these niggas, like if you weren't from here, you know what I'm saying? So like yeah. that early on kind of let me know like that it was possible and it's is capable to do. But I think like being sandwiched in between, you know, up north, like up north doesn't really have an identity either. I feel like as far as like Seattle and Portland or whatever, it's like a lot of them kind of just, you know, going off of what they see, uh, you know, in the Bay and in LA and shit like that. And then from that, I feel like that's what curates people's own identity musically. You know what I'm saying? Sack, mm-hmm. I feel like Sack Hold on, hold on plus, real like, quick. Can, can you uh, shift your camera down a little bit so we can see you a little bit better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, no. Yeah, there. There you go. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. And try, yeah, try to stay here. Got you. But, um, yeah, like Stockton, Fresno, uh, Sack, you know what I mean? Up north to like Oregon and Seattle and shit like that. It's like, when you talk about the West Coast, they kind of stop at the Bay. You know what I'm saying? Like, it yeah. ain't really been nobody from up here really that's popped off in the last year, besides, a couple years besides Mozzie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's definitely hard. And it's definitely hard being, like, people throw my music on and instantly think, oh, is he is built from New York? One of, my, one of my partners told me the other day, he played his music for my cousin. And his cousin thought, like, not only was I from New York, but he played a video. He played a video of mine called Two Left, and it got, like, a kind of like a retro vintage type filter on the video and he literally thought the video was from the 90s he's like oh this this much oh this like one of them Nas type niggas like you know what i'm saying from the 90s and shit right and he's like nah this came out last year this my partner is from the city like you know what i mean but uh yeah it's difficult but i can't really i can't really do shit to like just change up how like i'm really versatile like art like as far as the type of music i make but I can't just turn this shit off and like not rap like how I rap. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just put words together like how I do. I can't really dumb the shit down or like change the the process up to kind of fit what's popping out here. You know what I mean? So I have a question. Like you all right. So you said you spent like X amount of dollars on, you know, just funding your dream, right? But then in, in, on the flip side, you're also knowing that you're talented, but you're you're I guess stuck in your own way in the sense of you have your own creative flow and creative creative de- delivery. Do you think that that kind of hinders you at times from maybe labels or just uh, let's say I don't know uh, investors trying to get more or, or trying to be more vested into your project or you as a person as an artist? Um, I think it does because I think people like if you're gonna sell something. Like, at the end of the day, it's like, as much as music is art, it's still a product, and we're still trying to have it consumed by the masses. So it's like, if you're going to sell a product, you're definitely going to see what the market is out there. And if you look at the market and you see what's selling, and it's not necessarily my product, mm-hmm. yeah, I can understand somebody, you know, it's it's not a promising investment off, off rip because it's not what's going on right now. But uh, 
I think in the long term too, it's like if you look at I, I say this a lot. Me and me and Taz have actually had this conversation a bunch of times. There's never a time in hip hop where it's like, all right, sometimes the hottest ain't the best, if that makes sense. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But there's a lot of times in hip hop where it's like the best artist isn't always the hottest artist, or the hottest artist isn't always the best artist. Mm-hmm. But whoever the number one guy is, is usually both. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's like if you look at eras of hip hop, it's like you can't point out an era where the hottest dude, there's only maybe one or two times where the hottest rapper out wasn't a good rapper. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I just look at that like as a longevity play, like as like, you know, I'm looking at legacy more so than the hot, like quick turnaround. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, mm-hmm. you know, Lil Wayne was the best rapper when he was the hottest rapper. Jay-Z was the best rapper when he was the hottest rapper. Kanye West was the uh, damn near the best rapper when he was the hottest rapper. Like, I don't think Kanye is not the best rapper, but I think the music he was putting out, he was the best rapper at that yeah, time. Yeah. That was at that time. That, that quality level. Um, and even now, like, I feel like when Kendrick was the hottest, Kendrick was the best rapper. When Drake was the hottest, Drake was the best rapper, and so on and so forth. But, you know, I'm not necessarily doing what uh, a little baby or a, um or a young thug or a, um or even like on my coast i'm never gonna do what a blue face does you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. i'm never gonna do what a what a yg does i have west coast sounding records i have party ratchet function type records but i'll never put an album together or put a project together or present myself as an artist like mm-hmm. those dudes do you know what i'm saying because mm-hmm. as much as like I'm a lighthearted dude and shit, like I want my shit to be taken serious. Like I'm putting blood, sweat, and tears in this shit. You know what I'm saying? I ain't really no jokes in my music like that. Like I have like a lightheartedness about myself or whatever, but like I feel like the content is pretty serious. Yeah. So how do you because you don't have like a specific like sound, right? Especially when it comes to music or content, like people want to pinpoint you in a specific box because it hel- helps them with marketing you, um, establishing that brand, and also understanding, you know, what what your your region or your core fan base is. Do you feel like because you don't box yourself in that it makes it a little bit more of a challenge or difficult in order for you to market yourself? Man, people fear what they don't understand and hate what they can't conquer. So, like, people wanting to box me in and stuff, that's just for their own personal, you know what I'm saying? It helps them process stuff more, I feel. Like, I I pride myself on being an artist. Like, I read a comment one time on a blog back in the day where somebody said, like, that I make background music. You know what I'm saying? And when I first read it, I got hella offended because I'm like, I got bars. Like, I'm saying shit, stuff you really need to pay attention to. Uh, like how how is this background? You know what I'm saying? But then mm-hmm. I thought about it. I'm like, nah. Like I got music for every type of mood that you're gonna go throughout the throughout the day. I got music for girls when they getting dressed to go out with they with, with their friends. I got music to study to. I got music to listen to when you're going through some stuff with your in a relationship. I got music to hustle to. I got music to for to pump you up when you're in the gym. I got music to party to. Like you know what I'm saying? So it's was like, yeah, this stuff is meant to be the soundtrack for, for your life. It might not necessarily always be in the forefront and stuff like that. So I wouldn't want to necessarily be boxed in or put in any type of category. But at the same time, it's like I pride myself on being able to do like go rap over straight loop, uh, no drum, instrumental uh, hip hop type stuff and give you just mm-hmm. pure lyricism. And then in the same studio session, turn around and do a, 
a Bay Area influenced like hyphy club record. You know what I'm saying? And I'm mm-hmm. not necessarily trying to bar you to death and, and just say some clever stuff that's gonna make you have fun or give you some quotes for your Instagram or something like that. You know what I mean? So it definitely does make it harder not being able to put myself in one category, but it also it provides me a lot of freedom. Yeah. So, see how how are you staying creative during uh the quarantine? How has your creative process slowed up? Are you are you are you trying different things on the boards? What are you doing? Um, I just did an EP like in the last two weeks with uh with my produ- one of my producer partners uh named Made by Jet, and um, we tried some different stuff. I could say we tried some different stuff, but I'm a um I work in the cannabis industry, so I'm an essential social essential worker. So I've literally been outside every day, like it. And reluctantly, I don't want to necessarily be outside, but my life ain't really, I'm a homebody. Like I may, you know, go to a bar every now and then or whatever and try and show face and stuff to, you know, keep my little rap image up and stuff. But besides that, I'll be in the crib. I go to work. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm born, my lifestyle born, baby. I make money and go home. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, so how are you taking a hit in the men, uh, manuara, marijuana, <laughs> marijuana business at the moment? Like, how is that over there for you? Like, are you seeing a spike in, in purchases or are you seeing a decrease just because people are, you know, going through financial hardships at the moment? Um, yes and no. So I don't work at a dispensary. I work at a cultivation. So, uh, distrib- distributors and like dispensaries and companies and brands, they're or that when they first started, they ordered a lot of stuff because mm-hmm. it was like, all right, people got to be in the crib. That means they're not to buy a bunch of weed to be able to stay in the crib for a long time. Mm-hmm. But then maybe I say like about two weeks into this, it kind of slowed down, but it hasn't really like been any less busy than it was before this started, if this made sense. Mm-hmm. And then I actually went to a dispensary that we uh, provide for. And their line was out the door, but it was it was really only outside the door because it was doing social distancing and only letting four people in at a time or whatever. So mm-hmm. besides that, it wasn't really like a regular traffic than what they normally have. But um, yeah, I mean it's just, it's pretty regular right now. The first two weeks it was kind of hype, and they had us working crazy overtime trying to like fill a bunch of orders. But then I think after people kind of got settled in and realized what the traffic was going to be at the dispensaries and people weren't going to necessarily be, because as much as like, you know, you got people that they're not taking a financial hit because they're working from home or they're severed or they're uh, furloughed and still getting their, their full pay or whatever, whatever uh, they might be buying more weed, but everybody else is kind of watching their budget right now. So they're mm-hmm. not really buying weed like that. So it's kind of like somewhere in the middle. It's pretty right in the middle. Yeah. Now, who, who's, I guess, reached out that surprisingly has taken to your project that you weren't even thinking was play, paying attention to? Shit, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, besides that, it ain't really been too, uh, too many people. Mm-hmm. Now, but what, so what, what, I guess my, that would be my next question in this climate, especially in, I feel like this is like the wild, wild west. Like you could try and do anything. What's, do you feel like you have to get out of like your own comfort zone to, to do certain things, I guess, to market the product or to, uh, I guess, maybe even get to the next level? Or do you feel like, well, no, I guess the right ears will hear it when they're supposed to hear it. Like what's your, I guess, what's your methodology around like just releasing and just your brand as a whole? Uh, it would be, it'll, it would be hard for me to like answer that because that's something that we like in the process of changing right now. Like, um, this, this project, like we had a couple ideas as far as like 
interactive stuff we wanted to do uh, for mm-hmm. like listening experience, but all that stuff kind of got deterred when pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. So like, and then a lot of stuff, like I feel like that would have been impactful um, to the Bay Area, you know what I'm saying? But like not, like, cause I, I do a lot of stuff in SAC, but like with this release, I'd already planned to like, all right, we might gonna do like one listening session or like a little party or host a little function or something in SAC. But I really mm-hmm. wanted to focus on the, the rollout of this project in the Bay Area because it's a bigger market and it's only an hour and a half, two hours away. And, um, you know, I get a lot of love out there and stuff, but I feel like it's uh, not as much as I could be getting. And then the same with LA, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I wanted to do like some hands-on face-to-face interaction type stuff. And now that we don't have those options and I'm kind of having to figure out what I can, can just do from the comfort of my own home behind my phone. Um, I realized like I have some I need to work on as far as like, I have a lot of ideas as far as marketing, but as far as like promotion and like reaching out and actually obtaining a new fan base and like getting exposure for the music, I'm kind of like at my wits end of like what to do. And it's like, there's certain things it's like, I can't, I can't see myself getting on TikTok. Even if I'm not dancing, like I don't really see my, cause like I'm from, I'm from the era, like when we had Vine and shit like that, I was making like illicit ass videos on Vine. Like, you know what I'm saying? Not, not on <laughs> like that, but it was like, you know, like, like shit that I be put perfect example. My partner, Rich, has, he, you know, you know, Rich from Jersey? No, I don't. I've heard, I've heard of him though. He, oh, what? You called me from a hack and sack number and you don't know Rich? That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know Rich. I'm, I'm gonna tap you in, but uh, he had uh, put out a, a challenge for a song he had called Chevy, and it was basically like, "Yo, show me how much illegal shit y'all could do, stuff y'all could do on a uh, trailer." You know what I'm saying? And it's literally like 30 second, minute long clips of like everything that you could think of. Like, and I don't even want to go into the details of what's going on. <laughs> yeah. on Chevy yeah. But I'm looking at like, all right, when I had the little Vine ad, I was doing stuff like that. Like I'm showing packs of weed and pouring up syrup and got guns and all this crazy shit stuff or whatever. And now it's like, I'm 30 something years old. I ain't doing none of that stupid stuff. I ain't snitching on myself <laughs> on the internet no more. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I was not even dumb enough to do that at one time, but I've matured since then. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like now it's like, well, I ain't finna get on there and do bachata or nothing. Like, you know what I'm saying? I ain't, finna, I ain't doing no pranks or nothing. With, with, with It'd be me and my dog in the house. It'd be just me and my puppy. You feel me? So it's like, what? I'm not finna be the, the lyrical East Coast sounding rapper from the West Coast that dances with his dog on TikTok. Like, I, I don't know. Yo, but I'm just like, I got some ideas, but we do promote this music, man. But what are your thoughts on TikTok then? Because, I mean, a lot of artists are utilizing it. I mean, I've seen that even Jesse Reyes recently got on it. Um, And sometimes they'll do, like, not everyone does dancing stuff, but some people have found unique ways to utilize that platform. Do you feel like because it's... It gets a lot of numbers and views. It's just peer pressures artists and peer pressures people into using it. Yeah. What? It's peer pressure in me. Like when I saw, uh, you know what the, what the grand finale was that made me realize like I'm in the wrong and that I'm just out the loop is when I seen currency, get a trailer or a TikTok or whatever he got. And he posted like, he posted a little trailer video or something of him on vacation with his, with his girl and his kid. And I was like, all right, if OG spit it, it's like the coolest little cool. If he on here and he not making it look corny, then I <laughs> I might need to just cave in and go ahead and get one. But I don't know. It just be stuff that it's like, I do look at it like this. If there is an avenue and a platform that I could be using to gain more exposure and get more fans and, and get my word out there a little bit more and I'm not using it, that's on me. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's me 
not taking the initiative and the responsibility as an artist to to do what I need to do to promote my brand. But also, I think a lot of that, me being authentic and not liking to do stuff like that, I feel like there is maybe a small niche in my demographic that I would appeal to that appreciates that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, that they know that I'm not that type of artist. But at the same time, it's like, like I said, like, if I'm not getting the type of exposure that I feel like the music deserves, there ain't even going to be that small demographic to decide whether they like me doing this or not liking me doing this. I'd rather just cast a real wide net and then whatever stays in the net when I pull it out the water, then that's what I got. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, see, let's let's get a little creative here. What are you? Okay. What are five artists that on your next project you would want to do a song with? Because I already think you want to do a song with Spitter with Currency. You get who are oh, some other? No, that's overdue. Me and Spitter overdue. Um, it's really like I here. I'll just give you. I'll give you five that I know are like realistically like in my reach. That like I feel like I could maybe between one or two degrees of separation could reach out. We can make it happen. Um, currency, you know what I mean? Shout out Spitter. Uh, uh, I think it's reaching kind of far, but I, I want to do a song with Benny the Butcher. Um, mm. I want to do a song with my man Larry June. That's that's my partner. He, he two hours away in Frisco. Uh, that's that's gotta happen sometime soon. Um, uh, I want to give like a good one like this, like not like just off the. Of <laughs> I, this I thought game. Benny was good. Benny's a yeah, good Ben Oh, Jack Harlow. Ooh, Jack oh, Harlow. Yeah, yeah. That's From a good. That's, I don't know. Yep. Yeah. He, uh, he's one of the A and R's over there. Generation now. He hit me to Jack Harlow about a year ago. Um. So yeah, I would like to do a song with Jack Harlow. That's three. That's four right there. Let's let me see what the last one to bring it home. Um. Uh, try to think like some of the new guys, like like new new guys that like I like, that maybe not might not be in like the same lane as me. Uh, uh, who probably? Oh, I want to do a, I, I want to do a song with Babyface Ray. Babyface Ray? I would have never. Babyface Ray from that. Detroit. I would have never thought you would have said that, bro. That's that's low key one of my favorite rappers. Like been been so for the last couple of years. Like I like him. I'll, 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 I'll be going down the rabbit hole with the Detroit rappers. Like, I'm familiar with all of them. But him, Payroll Giovanni, and uh, Bodie James, obviously. And uh, mm-hmm. and uh, what's my other cat name? That ah, why am I forgetting his name right now? Uh, Dusty McFly. Yes. Yes. But, yeah, like, <laughs> I, I'd love to do a song with Babyface, for sure. Yeah. I wouldn't that. Well, shit. What do you? I guess. What do you think about the battles and IG battles? Would you ever even do any of that stuff? Like, how do you, how do you, you see everything that's happening with the the verses with Swiss and, and Timlin? What do you think about that? And does that like does that add to your anxiety of like, damn, there here's another way of people like creating things, and now I have to go and just be more creative as an artist because now you have like you even have Fab uh, saying stuff like, hey, if artists are gonna do it, if or, or rappers are gonna do it, they shouldn't have to know or be aware of who their opponent is they should just go show up and and that's the even playing field what you think about that um i i kind of maybe agree with what fab's saying but then at the same i mean as long as as long as you got access to your full catalog and another Mm -hmm. thing too is like i feel like artists should be able to be in there with their homies or their staff or whatever Mm -hmm. and they give them input on what records to play because i was Mm -hmm. really disheartened when i watched the dj premiere versus rizza battle and i Mm -hmm. see my man brady watt sitting right there 
who mm-hmm. I know knows what Prem should have played, and mm-hmm. he not behind the camera like holding up some type of sign telling Prem what to play next, mm-hmm. and yeah. Prem just did that humble stuff and tried to like not play the bangers because like I know and me and Taz were talking about that too. It's like you know I'm a fan of that era. But not everybody remembers J. Rue, the Damager, and the, the Crooklyn All-Stars, and, like, some of these real big records that were really only big on the East Coast mm-hmm. in, in the 90s or whatever, when the mm-hmm. East Coast was, like, the, the prominent epicenter of hip-hop. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, when RZA plays Wu-Tang records from the early 90s that came from New York, but mm-hmm. rung off in all across the world, and then Premier played these records that are really just East Coast hip-hop classics, that kind of hurt them, I feel, because it's like, if I... I looked at it like you only got 20 records. Why are you not playing your 20 biggest, biggest most record. like records that, that made the biggest impact? He was trying to play like, oh no, nah, this this was a sleeper, this was a fan favorite. <laughs> like, nah, you can't play it's now B side time. Right? But, but listen, listen, even the B sides, like I said, I've been saying this for you for one of your B sides and your counter B side to be devil's pie. <laughs> that's a big counter. From, but, from from someone see, like Cream, like and, and, and then to follow it up with a Christina Aguilera record, that's that's different. I I don't think Cream. I think Cream went into it having fun. I don't think he went into it like, yo, I'm about to take heads off. Because I mean, Cream could Cream could have went ham. We know that, but I just found it interesting that I think what did what did RZA play? I think he played like Protect Your Neck or something, and then Cream just played Devil's Pie, and I was like, wait, what? Like it was it was a it was a weird not even weird it was like really strategic like I don't even think anyone in the chat uh, in the in the board you know how to do the chat or whatever everyone was in there like uh, I didn't even know he did that record like a few people like even Ed 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 Lover he was even saying the same thing he's like I never knew that he did that record I didn't know that either so you know, I think I that's knew, the best part for me yeah that's 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 true I knew Premier did Devil's Pie when I seen it for the first time in Belly. Because mm-hmm. around that same time, I was listening, like I said, I came up, got really into hip hop from the skate videos mm-hmm. and most deaf mathematics, which Primo also played. I heard them cuts. Mm-hmm. And when I watched Belly and I heard them cuts come in and then that bass line dropped, I'm like, yeah, oh, that's the same. And then I'm not yeah. even into production at this time. I just knew I'm like, nah, that's the same dude that did the one on uh, on most deaf album. That's the mm-hmm. same exact with the baseline and everything. So, yeah. uh, but back to uh, what Nas was saying about the um, with the battles or when people kind of like if you just show up with your full catalog, then I would I would like that if people didn't know who they were battling. You know what I'm saying? And just mm-hmm. show up in the verses like you don't even know. It's just there's gonna be a verses on Saturday at eight o'clock and you don't know who battling who. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you just tune in and it's this heavyweight versus this heavyweight. But also like just speaking to me, like being a, a lesser known artist. I'd love to see some verses pop off with, nah, you don't know this dude and you don't know this dude. Like, neither these are both brand new artists and they just finna let off a 20 clip back to back and see who got hotter records. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you really gotta have quality audio because the fans are gonna be hearing it for the first time more than likely and really have to judge it based off what they hear. I think that's the biggest area right now is the audio, the sound audio. It seems like a lot of these battles, they start off really, really good, like from a sound perspective, and then they just go to shit. Like, a lot of times, You'll see them scrambling in the beginning, like it sounds good and it doesn't. I, I wonder, do you? Do, I guess it's for everyone. Do you think that they're overthinking these battles like now because it's it, it's it's becoming such a big thing that they're now trying to add all of these different three, uh, theatrics, and because of that, 
it's starting to uh, cause complications in tech and, and even from a production standpoint. Eddie Riley definitely did. Jesus, <laughs> yeah. man. Those memes, I can't lie. Yo. Those memes were hilarious. I have to... I, <laughs> yeah. I've been I was looking forward to that battle, too. But to answer your too. question, Brandon... He's like, that's how Nas sounds like. Hold on, I gotta mute him for a second. He, he doesn't hear us. Yeah, he doesn't hear us. I, I thought it was mine for a second. No, 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 no. That's Nas. That's Nas. Someone, uh, Chris, tell Nas. Yo, it's that's what happens when he be filming himself in the car. <laughs> this person is the best thing out. <laughs> Yo, Nas. We didn't hear anything. And you yeah, know what's really funny? I can't like this. It's stuck like this. Like... And the funny thing is, I can't even mute Nas right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um I, now, I guess I see unknown artists versus 20, 20 songs. Uh, no one's heard the songs. And I definitely feel like they're overthinking the audio. Like, I don't know why you can't just go live and play it. Who should just be going live and playing it off they, they uh laptop speaker. speakers? Well, or just they small little studio speakers, like not not the big, not the bigs, like the blue, yeah, just play a it off the Bluetooth, little, man, yeah. and just have your phone close to the Bluetooth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that I I'm I'm hoping they fix that battle or at least get back to it. I know that they said it was gonna be postponed, but I'm hoping to get back to that because I was looking forward to that battle, man. I really, really was. Yeah. I, Fred, I was kind of off it after they said they were trying to charge for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Once they started trying to do that, I can't remember who did that, but I was off it at that point. They started bringing the whole business into it. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm cool. But that goes back to the whole conversation about how it would co- like creatives, right? Right now, I mean, a lot of people are struggling because their main source of income isn't there. But uh, even still, people have to understand that you have to give a reason for people to even want to give you money right now because mm-hmm. people are going to be holding on to their wallets even closer now. And so Man. if you don't have a good, solid reason, people aren't going to give money up. That's why when that new platform Quibi dropped, everyone was like, oh, are you going to are you going to sign up for that? And I'm like, no, they haven't given me a reason to want to spend money on it. Yeah. I think that's key too. So Quibi is a, um, it's like a Netflix. It's a new streaming platform. And basically what they did was they relied on all these celebs and the shows with these celebs and wanted, and then they launched it literally, I think it was the week that we all started quarantine. They launched it. But the thing is, is like, there's no capabilities for you to screenshot it, to share it as social media assets. They didn't like, they want you to sign up for a free trial, but also I'm not trying to sign up for no free trial. Cause if I got to put my credit card in file, what if I forget? Right. And so it's like, they, they never gave any examples or just content outside of just on their platform to make you want to spend money. What they should have done is for every single show, they should have had the first episode for every single show free and accessible on social media or on the platform for free. That would be the smartest thing. Most platforms are doing that now. Like I just saw something on um, Apple TV, which I already have that. And they're like, oh, you get the first four months for free on us because of COVID and stuff. Like, I think all companies are starting to shift like that. Anyone that doesn't, it just doesn't make good business sense. Yo, you know what? I, I would support Quibi if it was, all right, how about all, I almost went to say all black content just because in these times even more. So I'm definitely trying to support more black businesses. But mm-hmm. uh, if it was all independent, like up and coming content, 
and the monthly fee that you're paying is crowd is fundraising for all the content. Like I'll support an app like that. Mm-hmm. That'd be dope. Like if it's just all the dudes this getting off on TikTok crazy or whatever, and they just all decided, you know what? We just going to only put our videos on this one app. And then you got to pay whatever monthly fee, but the fee that you paying is crowdsourcing for all these independent directors and actors and, and content creators. Yeah, but that, that's that's a risk. It's a good idea, but then that's a risk. Like, especially in these times, what companies are really going to take that type of financial risk on, like, a startup? Like, think about Fortune 500s, like AMCs, uh, car dealerships, all different sorts of Fortune 500 companies are like either going under dark or, or, or I don't know, in, on standby. Like, I think startups at this point have to be careful too because of you don't know where the eco- uh, economic climate is heading, especially because every day it's like, all right, great, we're, we're supposed to be out of the woods, but then new reports come back that China has, uh, you know, like 1,200 new cases. Like, it's just, it's a, it's a weird space to be in, I think, at this point. Well, Creative. I'm a recession baby. Like I, I, that's something I want to like, I didn't want to do a project about that or like some type of maybe something to, cause I feel like that's not spoken on enough. Like I come from, I'm 32. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, I remember when, when nine 11 happened and the little fake woke thought we were going to be world war three and shit, like stuff like that. And, um, like the recession hit and I just remember all, and, and you know, that's a ton that happens in black communities too or whatever. Me and all my friends, all our parents kicked us out the house. Like, mm-hmm. we graduated, and it was literally like, hey, check this out. Uh, the money messed up right now. The the mortgage, uh, all, yeah, you're going to have to pay some rent. Oh, now's is back. It's like, you're going to have to pay some rent, or you got to move out. You know what I'm saying? And I remember mm-hmm. that whole two years of, like, when I first got out of high school to where I, I didn't really get my bearings in the first two years, but I remember the recession kind of ending and Obama coming in and the stimulus and all those things or whatever. And um, I think we got six months to two years of to where the economy comes back. But I feel like when it does come back, I feel like it's going to boom. And that's something me and Ty's been talking about, too. It's like, yo, like, we got to have our ducks in the row and have everything lined up. So when it does come back and they are giving out all these little small business loans and it is going to be easier and affordable to get a house and stuff like that, we got to be ready. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that's yeah. something that everyone, more so than panicking and tripping off what's going on right now, it's like, mm-hmm. man, it is what it is until it ain't what it ain't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All you can do is kind of just, you know, and that doesn't necessarily go to having your ducks in a row financially, but just whatever it is that you're trying to do, you know, you try and be ready for it when the time comes for you to be able to do it again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I salute y'all for, you know, keeping the content and stuff going. I, I ran out and tuned into your live a couple of times, even though, when it wasn't the grassroots show or whatever, and seeing what you got going on and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. everyone is just kind of just staying on a square right now, seeing people that you watch on the daily and that you, you, you're intaking uh, what they putting out and stuff like that, seeing those people being able to stay on a square, I feel like that keeps the rest of everybody from panicking. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I, I, I think that makes sense. I think I, I was saying this to a, a friend a friend of her show, Larry, she works on her show too, um, about like just content, like seeing positive uh, live feeds or just like funny live feeds or just people going live, just having conversations. I think it helps to, keep humanity sane at, at, at some points. You know what I mean? Like, so I think, yeah, I think that's pretty helpful too. Um, 
I guess before we even get out of here, plus let us know, like let, let the fans know, like what else you're working on, where where they can find you, and and yeah, pretty much all that stuff. All right, so uh, search C plus Sacramento on Google, and everything should pop up. That's like the easiest <laughs> way to do it. Everybody know Google <laughs> C plus Sacramento. If you put just C plus, it'll bring up like C plus plus coding and stuff like that. I think there's like a, a Jamaican singer from Florida named C plus. But if you search C plus Sacramento on Google, I should pop up. My Instagram and Twitter are both at plus money. No underscores or dashes or anything spelled out how it sounds. P-L-U-S-M-O-N-E-Y. Um, all the links to everything else is on there. Um, mm-hmm. Just click the link in my bio. It'll take you to my, to bad medicine. My newest album out now that just came out a week ago. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm out here. <laughs> we're, uh, we so want to thank you for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. Thank uh, you for having always, me, man. Yeah, definitely, definitely. As always, you're a friend of the show. Um, we're definitely going to be supporting you as always. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm good if you guys are good. Uh, thank you for coming on Grassroots Podcast. Uh, as always, be sure to subscribe, hit the noti notification button to be notified for our latest to the greatest episodes. Um, also, again, can't stress this enough Discord, Discord, Discord. If you're not signed up, sign up to it, be a part of it. Um, it's literally a 24-hour chat. It's kind of evolved from our group me chat that we normally use to, to this one just because it has a little bit more functionality. So definitely start to dive in there if you haven't already uh, done so. And lastly, again, uh, newsletter uh, that's going to be coming out regularly uh, once we figure out quarantine life. But there's some new exciting things happening with that as well. Um, uh, uh, I think that's it. I think I nailed everything. Yes. Wait, wait, wait. One more thing. One more thing. We have to ask this. Uh, if you can give us a quick answer, what, where, did the, where did the name C-plus come from? Oh, good. Oh, thank you. So C is for the first letter of my name, which is Chaz, which I was supposed to be Charles Wheeler V, but my mom didn't want me to be a number. So Chaz is a nickname of Charles. So that's why my name is Chaz. So the C is for my name and the plus is for positivity. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so people think is, you know, you can't interpret it like that, that the C plus is just slightly above average. You know what I'm saying? Because I consider mm-hmm. myself slightly above average as far as that being an MC or whatever, whatever. Uh, but the, well, I'm extraordinary. Let me not say I'm slightly above average. But, uh, <laughs> so C plus to sum it up shortly is the being able to see the positive in whatever situation. That's what mm-hmm. I see the positive. In, in whatever situation, always look on the bright side. Bars, good way to end yeah. it off. Yeah, that was good. Good, good, good question. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, Thank shit, you. I don't want to. I don't want to say anything else. I'm Brady Cliffy and Charles. I'm Aaron Ashley Simon. I'm the regular Nas. And and our guest. Uh, 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 it's been your boy C Plus Grassroots Podcast. A. Grassroots. <laughs> <laughs>